I've been waiting 23 years to say that. Sweet. Okay. So, uh, turn that way down because for some reason. Okay. All my technical. No, you got to turn up for it. Oh, I got to turn up. Uh, I got to crank my energy up. That's for sure. Otherwise, I'm not even going to make it. I'm going to fall asleep partway through the podcast because I've been. You know what you need? <laughs> you need a bang energy drink, oh, not sponsored. Yes. That's true. That's true. This is the FBI's Most Unwanted, and I'm Matt. And I'm Justin. We are not sponsored by Bang, but no. if Bang wants to sponsor they're us, I to. will drink them. I will drink their energy drinks that I've never had. Yeah, they're welcome to. I think they mostly sponsor good-looking women on Instagram. because And we're not? <laughs> I guess not, but that's what I've seen. I feel like, offended. Lady fitness models advertising their product, and I, I don't think I count as either one of those things. So no, we are no, that is subjective. We are hot ladies. That's true. I mean, we could just identify as that, and it would be true. Yeah, <laughs> which sounds like I'm making fun of people who identify as things that people, and I'm not. I probably shouldn't have said that. That was not right anyway we're talking today about uh, the season finale of episode uh, the season finale <laughs> of season two uh episode 25 anasazi it was directed by rw goodwin the story was by david duchovny and chris carter and chris carter wrote the teleplay it originally aired may 19th 1995 uh some Buddy once told me the world was gonna roll. <laughs> nope, just uh, a little background production uh, or background uh, production information. Um, to create the New Mexico rock quarry, uh, they didn't actually go to New Mexico. They filmed in a disused quarry in Vancouver and used 1,600 gallons of red paint to paint the rocks. Shit. <laughs> Uh, they digitally composited in some uh, still shots of New Mexico, and they photographed in a blue sky to make it look more authentic because they were in Vancouver, and it was uh, probably uh, not like a rock quarry out in the middle of nowhere. It probably had like old machinery or something hanging around, or it was just rainy that day because it's Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Although then the actors would have been getting wet, so maybe the sky was just overcast or something. Oh, yeah, nice and wet. Uh, the painting of the quarry, they used a bunch of cranes to like uh, get the paint, and they required permission of environmental groups, so that probably wasn't easy. <laughs> um, That's insane. Which is really funny. Uh, I don't know if I noticed it today... But apparently you can see, because of the widescreen uh, now, because obviously back when this was released in 1995, it wasn't widescreen, but now because of the widescreen, apparently uh, 
you can see some sections of uh, gray unpainted quarry at the edges of the frame, but I didn't notice it today. I just was reading that. Um, also, to create the impression that they buried that train carriage, they had to uh, blow a depression into the ground and take out 32 full dump trucks worth of debris. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, Chris Carter. It seems like a, just so much fucking work. Yeah, and uh, Chris Carter has a uh, cameo as one of the FBI agents questioning Scully at that table in that scene. And the tagline of this episode, instead of the truth is out there, they have the Navajo translation of the truth is out there, which I am not even going to attempt to pronounce. Yeah, I saw that too, and I was like, oh, that's a nice little touch. Mm -hmm. Even though I didn't, at the time, I didn't know what the rest of the episode was. Yes, but because it starts with Indians, you probably, because it starts with. uh, I assumed it was something along like Navajo. Yeah, yeah, like a Native American language. Um, So, yeah, the episode begins on a Navajo reservation in New Mexico, and uh, there's a little earthquake. Um,. Teenage boy comes out and his uh, presumably father and grandfather are sitting there having breakfast. And he's like, hey, I'm going out. I'm going to ride my motorcycle around or whatever. Um, And they're like, okay. And then the grandfather says something about uh, the earth has something to tell us. Uh, presumably the earth has the earth has a secret that we have that is about to be revealed or something yeah super cryptic yeah presumably based on the earthquake but when the boy is out um excuse me when the boy is out riding his motorcycle he sees something kind of sticking out of the ground and he we don't know right now what it is but we find out later it's a box car uh, a train box car so um Anyway, he goes in there and he goes back to the house and he, you know, runs inside and says to his dad, you got to come out and see, I found something. And when they go outside, he, uh, the, the grandfather goes out and he says something in Navajo to the dad and the boy who apparently never learned his own native language looks at his, that was very confusing. Cause when he turns to his dad, he's like, what did he say? I'm like, wait. You didn't grow up learning you live your in own a house language. With two people who speak Navajo, <laughs> You're... and you have nothing. <laughs> so, uh, and the father's like, he says that you have to take it back. They will be coming soon, and it's a picture, uh, or a picture. It is. Uh, we pan down to it is an alien corpse. <laughs> really nice one too. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good. It's a pretty good little model of a of an alien corpse. Uh, so then we uh, go to an apartment of a guy doing some computer hacking, and it we don't know it right now. We find out later, but this is somebody that uh, the uh, lone gunman have mentioned before. Uh, the thinker. Yep the thinker and he breaks into the defense department and he downloads a whole bunch of secret files and puts them on a digital tape and at that time while i was watching it i uh, just now i went 
oh, digital tape, how retro. And then I remembered a few <laughs> days ago, like last week or something, there was uh, one of the tech companies created like the biggest storage ever and it's with magnetic tape so it almost came all the way back around shit now i can't remember who did that but i thought how retro and then i realized oh yeah they're doing that again <laughs> so it's weird i saw just a little off topic tangent kind of deal because i think it's hilarious someone i guess le- illegally like or whatever downloaded tenant Onto like an iPod Mini or one of the like oh the, the iPod old, videos, like, old school <laughs> yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I'm watching Tenet and I'm just like, whoa, who has one of those these days? Me, I do. <laughs> um, I didn't make the thing, but I have one of those. Um, so anyway, and then it cuts to the Defense Department in Washington, and there's a guy kind of like quickly walking down a hallway, and he goes into his boss's office, and he's all nervous, and he's like, uh, sir, I, I have to tell you that somebody stole the MJ files. and uh, The Mary Jane file? Let's dance with Mary Jane. Um, and then that guy's like, oh, God, that's impossible. I got to I gotta call everybody. And then he starts making all the – he calls, like, a Japanese guy. Then the Japanese guy calls a Russian guy. And then the Russian guy calls the smoking man. Fucking smoking <laughs> man. Fucking smoking man who is now – this is really the episode where he sta- – I mean, up to this point, we've ar- already kind of known he's a villain. But after this, he becomes a – villain this such a dick this motherfucker and the the russian guy is like i'm sure you already know that the mj files were stolen and the smoking man's like yep and he hangs up and he tells his people there with him you know that was the phone call i hoped i would never get and they send a swat team to break into the thinker's apartment but he's already gone and meanwhile, back at Mulder's apartment, Mulder's in his kitchen. He's taking some Tylenol or aspirin or whatever. And there is pounding on his door. And he doesn't answer it. And there's more pounding and he doesn't answer it. Finally, he answers. He's like, what are you guys doing here? And it's the lone gunman. <laughs> and they all push their way into his apartment. And he's like, guys, I don't have, I don't feel well. I don't have time for the Three Stooges. And... They're like, okay, we weren't followed. And he's like, by who? And they're like, these secret, top secret, ultra government ninja assassin, you know, basically their conspiracy theory bullshit. And Mulder's like, who would want you three? <laughs> and they're like, not us, him, Kenneth Soong. Well, we think that's his real name, but he's the, th- or Kenneth Suna. Uh, he's the thinker. We've told you about him before. And he broke into the Defense Department and he stole a bunch of their stuff on UFOs. And Mulder's like, wait, seriously? And they're like, yeah. And he asked for you by name and he gave you a <clears throat> uh, a three-hour time window at a location to wait for him. And at this point, there is something that happens that at the time actually seems like non sequitur. There's a gunshot and everybody freaks out because the lone gunmen were just talking about um, 
being followed and assassins, you know, coming after them and stuff. And Mulder grabs his gun and runs down the hall. And one of his neighbors, like this old lady, uh, shot her husband of like 40 years. And it just apparently was like a random shooting. She just like went crazy, shot him and started screaming. I, I'm going to say right now, this started my my little comedy bit where it's like, because say it for now that it seems like I don't know how many times I was just like, oh, how many, like just random gunshots in this, in this episode. Just like, bam, a lot of, bang, a lot of gun shooting. Um, so the next day, uh, Mulder is in his office at, you know, FBI headquarters. Scully comes in and he's like, shut the door and lock it. Come on in, get in here, get in here. This is it, Scully. This is the the Holy Grail. This is all the Defense Department's uh, information on covering up the existence of extraterrestrial life and visitation to this planet. And he opens it, and he thinks it is gibberish because it is looks like a random string of letters and hyphens and accents. And he's like... You know, he's, he's like, damn it. Like, this is just another, I'm so sick of this, blah, blah, blah. And he's like freaking out. And he has the worst rage. Well, we find out later there's a reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> because he's like, um, what are they trying to do? Is like everybody just trying to throw it? And Scully's like, whoa, whoa, Mulder. Like, this isn't gibberish. Like, I recognize this. My father told me about this. This is a, a, a code based on the Navajo language. Um, like, uh, we need a Navajo code talker to, uh, or we need somebody that speaks Navajo to translate this for us. And he's like, oh, good. And she's like, well, and, and Skinner's looking for you. And so he goes up to Skinner's office and Skinner's like, hey, we need to talk. And Mulder's like, oh, really? You're going to send me on another, like, bullshit investigation to waste my time and, you know, keep me from doing my work on the X-Files? And Skinner's like, uh, no. Apparently <laughs> you have come into the possession of some top-secret Defense Department files? And Mulder's like, nah, I don't know anything about that. And he turns to walk away. And Skinner grabs him by the shoulder and he's like, hey, we're not done here. And Mulder turns around and belts him in the mouth. Just clocks him in the freaking face. And that is immediately the moment I knew that Mulder was just out of his mind. Because you don't want to punch Mitch Pileggi in the face. And (laughs) Skinner proves it. Skinner, like, belts him back and, like, grabs him around the neck. And he's like, are we done here? We're done done you know skinner's like got him in a chokehold and so uh scully the next day is brought in to talk to the the fbi panel that's like her oversight panel they're the ones that originally assigned her to take care of Mulder, or to keep an eye on Mulder. and they're like hey you know what happened yesterday right and she's like yeah and they're like do you think agent Mulder is like okay and she's like well no he mentioned he has been feeling sick and hasn't been sleeping very well so I assume that that's why he did what he did like he just hasn't been sleeping and he's irritable and they're like well uh 
do you think he confides in you? And she's like, well, yeah, he's my partner. And they're like, partner, weren't you assigned to just keep an eye on him and like report on whether or not his department was legitimate? And she's like, well, yeah, but like that doesn't matter. And they're like, well, he's being he's getting disciplined tomorrow. And if we find out that you lied to us and kept information from us, you're going to be subject to the same exact uh, discipline that he is. And she's like, well, what discipline is that? And Skinner's like, discipline without chance of reinstate or removal without chance of reinstatement. <laughs> In- just so nonchalant about it yeah and she's like okay bye and she leaves um so meanwhile uh up at martha's vineyard uh there's a knock on bill Mulder's door uh fox's father and he opens the door and there is <sighs> the fucking smoking man <laughs> and he in the smoking man we find out and bill go way back uh we don't know why but we basically in this scene find out that bill Mulder and the smoking man have a long history of working together and the smoking man is like come on bill like fox has that tape and you know what that means if he has that tape and yada 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 (laughs) (laughs) so um then we go to uh scully who is at a navajo translator uh, who is like, uh, I recognize some of these words, but yeah, this is this is not just regular Navajo. This is Navajo in code. You need a code talker. You need to meet this man. Uh, I'll refer you to him. I'll have him call you. And then Bill calls uh, Mulder and... Um, no, wait. Before he no. goes to see Bill, she goes to his apartment. That's right. Yeah. She goes to his apartment to see him, and he's still all, like, freaked out. And uh, he's like, I, I... Shit, now I'm forgetting... He said he tries to contact X. There's some reason he puts the tape on his window because they're talking about like Defense Department files. Shit, I should have taken better. I didn't take any. The basically what happened was, um, she go. She doesn't go to the apartment yet. It's like after. Well, she goes back a second time after Mulder goes to the see first his ta- father. Yeah, but the first time, uh, he's just like being cranky and mm-hmm. and uh he, he, God, he's got a lot his paranoia is very heightened yeah. he thinks you know more people are out to get him so he puts the x on the window he thinks x is gonna come to give him some answers but instead of staying there to meet with x then he goes to see his father yeah because his dad's like you need to come up here you need to come i need see to see me. you yep. we have to talk and so he goes up to see his dad and his dad is like 
Oh, you know, there's there's all this stuff that I that I it's very important. I need to tell you, but uh, uh, just give me a second. I've been taking these medications. I don't feel well. Let me go get my medication, and I'll come right back and I'll tell you everything you need to know. And he goes into the bathroom and he opens the mirror. And he gets his pills out from behind the mirror, and when he closes the mirror, we see standing behind him in the shower is Alex Krychek. And then it cuts back out to the living room, and there's another gunshot. Bang! Bang. And Mulder's like, Dad? Dad! And, you know, he gets up and he runs into the bathroom, and his dad has been shot in the head, but is alive just long enough to say to Mulder, Forgive me. And then he dies. Er, Well, actually, before this, his dad says, There's one thing you need to remember. Before, I just remembered this is very important. Because it comes up later. But before he goes into the bathroom, his dad says, you just need to remember one thing. It'll all make sense in a minute. The merchandise. And then, you know, he goes in the bathroom. He gets shot. And Mulder's like, oh, shit. And so, for some reason, uh, apparently because he's been having all these mental issues and he hasn't been feeling well. And his dad just got shot and he couldn't do anything to stop it. So he's probably full of all kinds of... He picks him up out of the bathroom and moves him to the couch in the living room. It's so weird. It's just like, of everything... Yeah, of everything you've learned in the academy, why would you go ahead and do something like that? Yeah. But he calls Scully. And this is... Well, this is actually kind of two things happening at once. Because... Uh, right after Bill gets shot and dies, then we see Scully in Mulder's apartment. And she's like, Mulder, you hear Mulder? And she sees something out the window that catches her attention. And bang, another gunshot. <laughs> and it just barely misses her through the window. Uh, she almost gets killed. Then her cell phone rings. And it is... Um, Mulder, and he's like, Scully, uh, my, my dad's dead. He's, he's, someone was here. Someone shot him. He's, he's dead. They killed him. And she's like, well, they're going to think you killed him. And he's like, no, no, like, that's not true. There, she's like, yeah, you have to leave right now. He's like, I can't leave. If I leave, then they're going to think I'm running away. And she's like, they're gonna think you killed him anyway you've been acting like an insane person lately and he's like no no like they'll they'll run ballistics on the gun on the bullet and they'll see it wasn't my gun and scully's like you work for the fbi you have access to lots of guns get out of there and he's like okay fine and he leaves um She's like, okay, I guess you have a point. <laughs> yeah, and she, she's like, someone just shot at me here. I'll take that bullet too, and yada, yada, yada. Um, he's like, I'll come home. And she's like, you can't come home. Uh, you will, uh, they'll be looking for you at your house, and plus they just shot at me here. That, you know, it's come to my, come to my house. And so, I'm trying to think, when she was at his apartment earlier, is that when he yelled at her, or does he yell at her at her apartment? Because I feel like we skipped over him yelling at her. About... Well, the only... 
Because there's, there's a part where he yells at her where we can tell his paranoia. I think it's actually, now that I'm thinking of it, I think when I he think shows up. that was before. At, yeah, I think it was before because I think when he shows up at her apartment, his fever is so bad she puts him right to bed. Yeah. I think it's earlier because he yelled at her about, you're not my friend. Like, you're just spying on me. You take all your little notes all the time. Yeah, that's and, before. Yeah, it's before because. No, that's, um, uh. uh um, that is at her place because that's because he, uh, that's before he finally like, doesn't he like pat anyway, there's, there's somewhere in here. It might be at her place. He stumbles in the door and, oh yeah, he yells at her when he's on the phone with her. You're right. He's, he's on the phone with her because he gets, you're right. Uh, he stumbles because, in the door at her house. He's like yeah. burning up. He has a wicked bad fever. She's like, come on, I'll put you to bed. She puts him in bed. Then he wakes up the next morning and all his clothes are off except his underwear. Yeah, and he's like texting you. I'm like, there it is! Fox dong! It's so big! I'm like, yeah. <laughs> this, for the second time, I'm like, I'm surprised they let that on TV in the 90s. <laughs> and he gets up, and you're right, because then his gun is gone, and... Then it cuts to the ballistics lab, and someone is shooting it, you know, into the, the water tank that they use for ballistics back in the day. Now they use some sort of, like, gelatin that replicates human skin, but back yeah. in the day, it was a, a water tank. And she's like, can you prove it wasn't his gun? And he's like, yeah, I think I can. And then she gets the call, and Mulder's like, you took my gun! And she's like, well, yeah? And he's like... Well, you took my gun. You think I did it. You think I killed my father. And she's like, no, I took your gun to prove you didn't do it. I'm on your side. And he's like, you're not on my side. You're, you're here to shut down my project. You're always taking all your little notes and reporting back. And she's like, shut up. Like, yes. I took a bullet out of the wall at your house to compare it to your gun to prove that I didn't do it. And, uh... Why does he end up passing out again? Does he get? Sh he doesn't. Oh, he doesn't. No, he so he away. doesn't pass out again because he gets mad because he tr can't trust anyone. Right. So he goes. Uh, he, he goes, goes back to his house. He's going yeah, back where, to his apartment where Krychek is waiting and for Krychek him. Krychek is yeah there. Krychek's gonna break into his building to try to kill him or something. Yeah. And uh, some point. Scully. Uh, That's uh, the thing you're thinking of. It, like happens it, later, right? Or it happens a little. It happens a little later because uh, she found that gas thing while cha oh, during the gunshot, but wasn't a hundred percent sure. She was still waiting for results or something. Right. Okay. Yeah. So Mulder, yeah. he he's like you. Uh, That's right. She earlier, yeah, saw. Uh, she right. pulled the slug right out. She got shot at. Yeah, right. She saw yeah. She the pulled the slug out and noticed thing. there was like something going on with the gas line or something. Mm -hmm. So she goes down to the basement. And it's, it's all kind of like a water softener, yeah. except for one tank that is yeah. like a weird tank that doesn't go with the rest of them. That's right. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, back at Mulder's building. Uh, with Krychek, they're like fighting, and Mulder takes Krychek's gun, 
and he's like, you killed my father. I'm not even just admit you did it before I shoot you. So he's like, I'm going to shoot you anyway. So you might as well say that you killed my dad. And Scully shows up and she's pointing her gun at Mulder. And she's like, Mulder, put your gun down. I put that gun down. I've got this. And Mulder's like, no, he killed my dad and I'm going to kill him. And so Scully shoots Mulder. <laughs> you at that point you're like, oh God! And then uh, she lets Crycheck get away. Crycheck grabs his gun and runs away. Um. Then the next scene is Mulder waking up in a bed with bandages around his shoulder, and he's like, Scully, you shot me. You <laughs> Crycheck, get away and she's like yeah because if you had shot him with his own gun there would be literally no way to prove that you didn't kill your father because then you would have had access to Crycheck's gun and if Crycheck's gun killed your father and you killed Crycheck with his own gun that means that would look like you killed your father and by the way, there was this gas being pumped into your building um, that explains all of your behavior. I don't know if it was LSD or something else. And all of a sudden, Mulder goes, oh, shoot. And she's like, what? And he goes, there was a murder in my building. <laughs> <laughs> just so, just, oh, man. <laughs> Yep. So well, I think he's kind of being like, I think it kind of dawns on him that it, it's, it's almost like him taking on the response. Like they were trying to poison Mulder, and instead they poisoned this other lady. And yeah. Made her, so this guy basically got shot. It, it seems like they're trying to make it seem like maybe Mulder feels guilty, and maybe it's his fault that that woman shot her husband. Yeah, that's it's we it's a it's, the. <clears throat> Behind it's totally just not his weird. fault. Yeah. They were trying to poison him, but that doesn't make it his fault. But anyway, um, he, uh, and then he's like, where am I? And she's like, well, we're in New Mexico. I had to keep you sedated while we drove here while the effects of the psychotic wore off. <laughs> um, but this man here, this is Albert Hostein. He's a Navajo code talker. He's going to help us break the code. And uh, Mulder's like, great, that's great. And so she goes, some of it's already been decoded. And it contains some weird information, Mulder. It's got information on me. My name is in those files. Dwayne Barry's name is in those files. And there's, like, information, something about some sort of procedure. And all of this, because this is a three-parter, but this is where we really get the first seeds of what the conspiracy is about. This is the first seeds of what the aliens are trying to do and how the smoking man and the rest of his cohorts play into the reasons that extraterrestrials are being kept secret from uh, the rest of the planet except for these select few people. Is this her name, Dwayne Berry's name, and the fact that some sort of medical procedure was done. Uh, Hosteen introduces Mulder to his grandson. He's like, he has something to show you. 
they go out to the buried boxcar and Mulder is about to go inside and the smoking man calls him and the smoking man is like, where are you, Mulder? And Mulder's like, I'm not going to tell you. Fuck off. And the smoking yes. man is like, well, I just I, I just was wondering about you. You, you know, and Mulder's like, I'm not talking to you anymore and hangs up and he goes inside and he discovers piles of alien corpses buried out in the New Mexico desert in this boxcar. Just piles it's, it's, of them. It looks like they were all trying to like get out or something. Yes. Because it's like all They're, piled like a, into almost like a triangle. You know what they look like? They look like that pile of zombies from World War Z. In World War Z. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it does. It looks like they were trying it to totally escape does. the boxcar. Um and Mulder calls Scully, and she, he's like, there's bodies out here. There's there's dead alien bodies out here, just piles of them. And they all have smallpox vaccination scars on their arms. And that's another key thing to remember later on down the line. But while Mulder is in the boxcar, the top slams shut. Boom. And Scully's like, what was that? What's going on? And a bunch of uh, soldiers show up with a helicopter. And the smoking man hops out and runs over to this Navajo kid. he's like, where's Mulder? And in the kid's defense, he stares the smoking man down. Yeah. I'm not. He he doesn't even say I'm not. He just stares at him. (laughs) And the smoking man is like, where is he, boy? And... The kid just stares him down. And the soldiers, they go down into the boxcar, and they're like, he's not down there. He he vanished without a trace. And the smoking man's like, that's impossible. Nothing vanishes without a trace. Burn that boxcar. (laughs) And he he abducts this kid. He and the soldiers just grab this boy. By the way, people on reservations not part of the u.s they are officially reservations are self-governed they, yeah so you're technically yeah. by a foreign government at that point but basically it is uh what it as of right now it is um invasion of land like yes it's it's just ridiculous Native american reservations are sovereign from the u.s government he is being abducted by people from essentially another country yeah um and two soldiers uh, set a bomb, and they throw it in the boxcar, and the boxcar explodes, and the helicopter flies off, and that's the end of season two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cliffhanger. Is Mulder dead? Answer? Even probably at the time, not. <laughs> yeah, even at the time, everybody probably went, no. <laughs> well, Yeah. That's something that doesn't, not just in the X, it doesn't work in any series, not until, what was one of the first series do you think that if really actually people, I guess J.R. Ewing back in Dallas? Maybe? Back in the day, I mean, pretty much all shows that are dramas have kind of killed, like the X-Files is killed off. Mulder, quote unquote, in this episode, or uh, I know Supernatural. Lots of shows supposedly kill off. Supernatural. The it's like it's like the end of every season is they kill off one of the brothers and then they come back <laughs> the next season. 
so true. But I just I don't see people really thinking that they blew Mulder up even back in the day. Yeah, so. it's, I don't know. It's very few shows. The, but well, at the I same mean, time, uh, there's, at the time, Game of Thrones to, killed yeah. off a main character every single season. Yeah, so it's like, but that was like where that became just a huge trope. So even more so back then, I just don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to tell. Yeah. Well, anyway, that wraps up season two. Uh, that wraps up the episode Anasazi. Uh, what'd you think of that episode? I liked it a lot. Uh, I like that it's kind of after all these like kind of mini episodes that have, for the most part, been either have been fun and or forgettable. Mm-hmm. Uh, to have this kind of get more grounded into what the whole series is actually about. Mm. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. I give this I I give this a solid A. Nice. Uh, yeah, I like this one a lot too. This is um, like I said, the real beginning of the uh, what the whole alien conspiracy is all about. This is the first time it starts to. Up until this point, I feel like a lot of the the mythology episodes have been a little throwaway, a yeah. little nothing, uh, which is weird to say about the quote-unquote overall plot of the story, but it just does seem that way. But this one's really good, and actually it's the first part. Uh, the next two are actually pretty good as well. Uh, the Blessing Way and Paperclip. This is a, a three-parter. Uh, it continues into season three. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like this one. This is another solid A. And so next time we are going to start season three and season three is, uh, by and large considered one of the best seasons of the show, uh, all the way through. And it's nice. one of, I'm looking at it right now. It's got some classic, classic episodes in it. I'm really looking forward to, um, DPO, Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose. Uh, let's see. Uh, War of the Coraphages is pretty interesting. Uh, let's see. What else is in this one that is... Su- Pusher is really good. Jose Chung's From Outer Space. Quagmire. No, this, is a, this, <laughs> this season coming up is a really good one. So. Nice. I'm stoked. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, everybody's homework for next time, as I said a minute ago, is The Blessing Way. And so we'll be back to talk about that one next time. Catch you later, everyone. Later. The FBI's Most Unwanted is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. Find the flagship Two Broke Geeks podcast wherever you download podcasts or online at twobrokegeeks.com. You can find the Atomic Geekdom Network at atomicgeekdom.com. Our artwork is by Justin Kowalski. You can find him on Twitter at J underscore Rocka. Our theme music is by Tony Longworth. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Longworth or on Facebook, Tony Longworth, Dark Composer. You can help out the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. Thanks.